0: Welcome to the Liz Career Coaching Podcast. My name is Liz Herrera, and I am your host, career coach, and job search ally. People strive to find career happiness, purpose, and satisfaction, and yet end up in a career path that does not align with their goals and overall purpose. If you are launching your career or ready for your next career move, this podcast will empower you to pave your path and take the action steps. To get you where you need to be, let's get started. Welcome back to a new episode of the Liz Career Coaching Podcast. My name is Liz Herrera and I'm your host. So, one of the biggest challenges that I see many of my clients encounter when talking about their experience and accomplishments, and I'm talking about all levels, right? So, college students, to established and seasoned professionals, one of the barriers that I see is their ability to toot their own horn. And this might be the case for you as well, where you're uncomfortable, quote unquote, bragging about yourself, so you probably downplay your achievements and accomplishments. So when someone pays you a compliment, what is your knee-jerk reaction? Let's say someone tells you, great job with that project, or, great job organizing that event. Awesome job handling that client. What do, you, what do you say? Or, what do you think? These are the kinds of things that I've heard. You know, oh, well, that that was no big deal. Or, that was easy. Or, this one is my favorite. I got lucky. Or, it was my job. Why is it so hard for us to take a compliment? I myself am guilty of this. My famous response is, uh, really? I recently interviewed for a podcast and the host paid me a very nice compliment and he basically, you know, expressed that he was happy with our interview. And instead of me saying, wonderful, I'm always happy to share insight and knowledge in this area, instead of just taking it, right? The first thing that comes out of my mouth was, really? Really? You know, it's like that self-doubt immediately rushed through my veins. That's just the, the the initial reaction that I have. Why is that? Why do we do this? You know, some some reasons why people may downplay their experience or accomplishments is because they don't want to sound arrogant, right? So it, it puts people off. So that's something that I always hear my clients say. It's like, well, Liz, I don't want to talk about my accomplishments. I I don't want to come across as, as arrogant. You know, I want to be modest. It can be cultural too, right? Uh it can be part of your upbringing. I know that is something that was instilled in me, right? So, no seas presumida. Don't be a don't be a show off. Uh or you might be comparing yourself to others and you don't think you measure up. Like, well, what I did is not a big deal. Someone else has done it better. Or you may not recognize the impact that you are actually making. Or it can be the very imposter phenomenon, right? The imposter syndrome. So some of you may or may not be familiar with imposter syndrome, but this is real. I learned about this a while ago because, again, of course, I suffer from this as many people do, especially women. Basically, people with imposter phenomenon, they believe that they don't actually deserve to be recognized for their accomplishments or success because they believe that they just got lucky. They oftentimes feel that they're not competent and that they're going to be found out, right? Like, oh, they're going to discover that I'm a fraud. I'm not really good at this. Uh, And they're afraid that they're going to be discovered, right? So many of us may experience this, most especially when maybe we're starting a new role. Uh, Maybe this is something we experience when we first start college or a, a, a graduate program. So there are so many reasons for this, but this can be a barrier, right, in in missing out on opportunities. So again, while I struggle with this myself, I have found ways to not let this be a barrier where I'll miss out on an opportunity or undersell myself in a job interview. And I do see this happen a lot with my students and my clients. So I try to coach people on how to be more comfortable talking about experiences and accomplishments and achievements without that icky feeling of I'm being arrogant, I'm showing off. So I think there's a fine line. So when I'm in a conversation with a job seeker, right, and we're talking about updating their resume or preparing them for a mock interview, I I ask the job seeker to walk me through their experience, right? And as they're talking to me about, the things that they've been involved in, their day-to-day, their commitment to their organization, to their community, to the field, to the industry, I am in such awe, right? So I'm listening and I'm hearing their story and how they add value to their organization. So mind you, I am probing and asking questions, right? So they're, they're walking me through their resume, but I'm asking questions Things like, well, how did you come, you know, to do that? What happened after that? Or what was the result? And as they're sharing their story and and these accomplishments, right? Many times they're not, those accomplishments, those achievements, they're not clearly stated on their resume. And I'll say, well, why didn't you put that on your resume? Well, I didn't think about, you know, they'll say, I didn't think about putting that on there. Or I haven't talked about this experience or they don't know how to articulate these stories in a job interview. You know, people will say like, well, I hear that you need to be concise when you're interviewing for a job. Yes, you want to be concise, but you want to make, you want to share your story and you want your stories to be impactful. Uh, and again, there's a way of doing it without being boastful or sounding arrogant. It's about presenting facts, sharing proof of of how you've added value and how you've been awesome in in your role and in your experiences. So today I want I want to focus on your truth, right? on on facts. So while you may not be comfortable telling your story, you have to find a way to gain that confidence and be okay with uh with telling your your career story. This is essential. It's an essential part of putting together your professional marketing package, right? So on your resume, telling your story through your cover letter, building your LinkedIn profile, preparing for a job interview, asking for a promotion or asking for a raise. All of these stories, these achievements need to be present, right? And again, you don't want to miss out on opportunities. So let's start with some of the basics. One of the things that I hear a lot from from people and, and, and I'm like, no, I want you to get out of the habit of saying just, right? Remove just from your vocabulary. So for instance, you know, if I'm talking to someone who was in a research role supporting a principal investigator, they'll say things like, well, I was just a research assistant or I was just a graduate student or I was just assisting with a project, you know, This can mean that you probably did a lot more impactful work because you went above and beyond the expectation of your role, right? So if you were a student employee, but they gave you more responsibilities and you executed and you did well and you went above and beyond. So I don't want you to say things like I was just, no, own what you did and why you did it, uh, how you took initiative. That's important. The other thing, and I mentioned this before in the uh, how to, you know, rethinking how you update your resume in that episode. I talk about this a lot. Responsible for. So again, if you, you know, take a look at your resume and if you have the word responsible for, if you're starting your bullet points with that, I want you to eliminate that and replace it with something more impactful. Responsible for is, is very passive. So again, take ownership of your experience. What did you actually do? Or another one, assisted. Did you actually just assist or did you play a larger role? And I will tell you that when I ask job seekers that question, it typically is more than just assisted and they had a a much larger role in the project. Uh, or in whatever it is that they were working on. So really trying to figure out what that actually looked like and making sure that it is written on the resume as it should be. Um, A lot of times I find that people leave out important information on their resume, you know, because maybe it was unpaid or it wasn't part of their job description or they feel that, oh, I don't want people to think that I'm taking credit for something when when in fact they did do, you know, that extra work, or they took that initiative, or they participated in something larger. So, you know, of course, you don't want to take credit for other people's work, but you do want to take credit for your own work. So again, don't undervalue those those experiences. So here are some questions that I want you to think about. And these are some questions that I oftentimes ask my clients. As we're talking about their experiences. Have you ever been promoted? You know, I'll see different job titles and I'll say, oh, you know, did you, how did this happen? Why this role? Oh, I was promoted. And a lot of times it's like they've been promoted two or three times within the organization. And I always like to ask, why do you think that? Did you get lucky? Well, no, I got, you know, I think I got promoted because, or this is the reason why. Why? And so the, the truth starts to come out, right? Well, you know, I implemented a new training program, or I'm usually the one who trains new people for onboarding, or I, I suggested these new ideas, and they really liked it. So leadership has given me, you know, uh, more responsibilities, and it, you know, it merited a new title. So, you know, why, why do you think that you've been promoted? And I know that's the case for many of you. Have you received any awards or recognition? Why do you think that is? What did you do? Have you taken a lead on a project? Did you initiate something? Because you saw an issue that needed to be resolved. You saw a challenge and you, you know, brainstormed some ideas in how to address that situation. Did you save the company time and money? If so what did you do how did you do it how much did you save right so now you're changing the story here right you're not saying that you are i'm the most amazing employee ever there's proof so let's let's uh let's look into an example here right so let's say for instance i'm looking at a resume and this is probably uh, a common one this would be a passive bullet point Served as a project manager and ensured company goals were met. I mean, that's good, right? But that's passive. Now, this is an arrogant. Now, this would be an arrogant example. Smartest project manager got things done and brought the company a lot of success. So like that, that's not good. Like that would put someone off, right? Now, this would be saying this, but articulating your value, Implemented a performance monitoring tracking system on the sales floor, resulting in reaching annual sales goal two months ahead of schedule. I do not see any bragging or gloating in this example. This tells me that you implemented something, you know, a, a monitor tracking system for what? For the sales floor. What did that result in? In reaching an annual sales goal two months ahead of schedule that is awesome right now this is another thing that I hear too they'll say well you know I can't take credit because I was it was part of a team effort that's important to note as well you can still have you know express an achievement and if it was in a collaborative manner so let's let's rethink this bullet point right so if it was through a contribution to a team, Collaborated with sales team in exceeding company annual sales goal by 25% through strategic weekly meetings. You see the difference. So here, you you this person quantifies. So when you quantify, you stick with the facts and it's not an opinion. Therefore, you're not bragging. Uh, Again, you are selling your value. So here are just some other tips that uh, I want to share with you um, that can help you see your skills and abilities and that it's beyond beyond getting lucky, okay? So one of the things that I always share with with students, with clients, and if this is your thing, right? Have a journal uh, or a Google Doc, and I want you to track your achievements. Um, Get into the habit of doing this maybe every six months. You know, depending on where you work, maybe it's quarterly, whatever time frame you think makes the most sense. Uh, one of the tools that I like, and one uh, when, when I used to work um, with graduate students, they shared this with me, and I absolutely love this tool. So you may, you may want to check it out. It's called a Passion Planner. You can download one. Um, you can download it online, or you can order an actual planner if you're into planners. I just found an old planner, and I absolutely love that thing. What I loved about it is that it well, it it has quotes, which I love, inspirational quotes. But it it also prompts you to reflect how you're doing monthly, uh, weekly. Uh, you know, how did you get to your goals? Um, anything, you know, self reflection. There's a lot of self reflection peppered in throughout the planner and i that's just how my brain works and i just love that and you know i'm talking about this and i'm sharing this tool with you and it's been a while since i've had one now i'm inspired to go out and, and uh, order myself a passion planner it's been a while so anyway you know one of the things that i also encourage you to do is list your projects if you're working on something if you take it on new projects list them who are you working with what are you doing and whenever you get to some type of achievement or proud moment, write that down. And when you have a little more time, add a little more detail. So revisit this document, right? So one formula that, that you can also think about is the STAR method. Uh, career coaches, we use this strategy with job seekers when helping them prepare for a job interview. So the STAR method is situation, task action, and result. So you can use this approach when you're uh, updating, again, your your projects, when you're working on something. But let me get to the job interview, because again, this is where I feel that a lot of times people uh, undervalue their experiences is through the job interview, and using the STAR method is something that we highly recommend. So let's say, for instance, you're interviewing for a position, and the employer asks you, Tell me about a time when you went above and beyond your call of duty. So let's say this would be an example that you would use. Well, I was uh, part of a committee that implemented a climate survey to help increase employee work satisfaction and build community. And again, a lot of times people will share a very short and concise uh, example because they, you know, they're like, oh, I need to get to the point and, and just, you know, Answer the question. But when you're in an interview, you do want to tell your story. You want something a little bit more impactful. You want the employer to have something to grab hold of, something that they can start thinking, like, oh, this person is also skilled in XYZ. And now I want to just say, you know, we talk about like, we don't want to be braggy. You're not talking to, you know, to your cousin or to the neighbor where you're like, oh, you know, I did this. I'm amazing. Like, that's not the context. Right, so this is where you want to sell yourself to an employer because an employer has pain points. They want things to get done. So they're interviewing you because they want to know, is this person going to step up? Are they going to help us reach our goals? So that's kind of the, the, the way that I want you to kind of rethink your, your experiences and, and the way that you articulate your achievements. So going back to this example, right? Very standard here. So let's incorporate the STAR method. So again, situation, task, action, result. So this person was part of a committee, implemented a climate survey to help increase, you know, employee work satisfaction. So the situation. All right. Well, within six months in the company, I was working for a nonprofit. Uh, I noticed that there wasn't a lot of community with the employees and departments worked very isolated from each other. I recognized that there could be such great potential in cross-departmental collaboration, right? So this is just an example of a person answering this question. Like, this is not me. This is just an example um, of just different experiences that I've kind of heard, and, and I'm just pulling this, this, this avatar example. Um, all right, so they did this, right? So what was their task? All right, well, after doing that, you know, I joined one of the company's committees on addressing employee concerns to see how I can get involved and learn more about my colleagues. The action. I proposed and I initiated administering a climate survey, which was implemented within two months. Our committee worked closely with a survey designer to ensure its validity and reliability. We then worked together on promoting the importance of the survey to ensure high participation. The result. Our committee worked collaboratively with the leadership team to address employee concerns, and identify ways to build community. This has led to the creation of a mentorship program and funding for social outings to promote community. All right, so in this example, this person was able to not just say that, you know, they joined the committee and they implemented a survey, they were able to really show what was the situation, right? So a lack of community, um, there's, there, was, there could be opportunities for collaboration, but that wasn't being optimized. So this person, you know, the task was to join a committee that had to do with employee concerns. Their action was initiating a climate survey and the results, taking it to the leadership team and doing something about it, right? So that's impactful. That's the STAR method. So when you look back at your achievements or your story, your experiences, in each of your roles, think about the STAR method. And this is a great way, again, of compiling tangible examples that will allow you to articulate your value and and you're not seeing it as being braggy or or arrogant, right? Um, The other thing that I would recommend, and again, this is based on facts and not opinion, keep a folder with positive emails, right? So do you ever get that unexpected email where someone reaches out to you and maybe they thank you for something, you know, something that you never thought of. They're like, oh, you know, thank you so much for for helping out with this. Or that was a great presentation you did. Or you helped me so much with this, you know, with this issue I was having. Something you get praised for something or someone took notice and you get those nice emails. And what happens? You know, you read it, great, awesome, or maybe you don't take the compliment, you're like, oh, no biggie, and it gets buried in the emails. What I want you to do is when you get those emails, save them. I want you to create a praise folder, something where you are tracking, where people are are saying, you know, maybe they're noticing things that you're doing. Pay attention to that, because that can be, you can use that in a job interview too, right? You know, you'll get that question, how do your what do people say about you? Or how would your colleagues describe you? Or how would a client describe you? You have something to use, right? Well, a recent client actually reached out and said XYZ. Uh, so that would be, you know, the strategy behind that. All right. So the other thing that I want to make mention of, you know, whenever possible, get rid of the negativity. And, and I say this because I feel that it's inevitable to be surrounded by Negative Nelly. And you all know who I'm talking about. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about because I know I've personally encountered Negative Nellies in my career. And I will tell you that I have allowed them to get to me. uh, And, you know, and I just have thought, why, Liz? Why do you entertain this? (laughs) Why do you keep going back for more? Now, while I think constructive criticism is good for growth, right? It's good some people just take it to a whole other level. And I know that my confidence has been deflated by by negative nullies. And until I'm like, you know, enough is enough. Uh you just you just have to ignore it or take it with a grain of salt or try to avoid these individuals, um like the plague. So, you know, whenever you are if you get that red flag, just avoid the negative Nelly. I will tell you that these individuals are not helpful and they only add to your insecurities and most likely their thoughts and opinions really don't hold any merit and quite honestly they may be inflicting their insecurities upon you or they may be threatened by your potential i know that sounds horrible but i'm sure that you've experienced this as well cuz i know that that this can be real so avoiding the negativity why you know, why put yourself in in that situation? So on the other hand, surround yourself with allies, with colleagues that support you and believe in you. I will tell you, whenever I work with someone, I can already immediately tell, like I can pick up on the cues, like, yep, this is going to be one of my allies. Like I always say that to my colleagues. I already know you're an ally. There's just positive energy. And I love being surrounded by positive people, uh, people that are supportive, but you know this is a two way street, right? So you have to, you know, give and take. So it, it's a great feeling when you can reach out to a colleague and say, you know, I'm I'm having a bad day, or this happened and did not go my way, and and they're your cheerleaders, and they're like, you know what, you gotta, you know, get back up. You know, I have one colleague, or she be like, Liz Herrera, you gotta just snap out of it, do your thing. um And so the same thing, you know, I'll do with other people, like you got this. And it's really nice to be able to have that camaraderie, people that you trust, uh, and that can be your cheerleader, and that's really important too. If you're, you know, you're looking for a new job, or you want to ask for that promotion, uh, or you're in a new role, or you're just, you know, you you you're getting ready for a job interview, and talking to your to your colleagues, to your mentors, to your to your peeps, right? It's it's really important. All right, so the main point for today's episode is really. To reframe how you feel about telling your story, be proud of your accomplishments. Don't downplay your career narrative. Don't do that. It is all about how you present your story through facts, proof, and examples. Remember that you need to self advocate so that you do not miss out on that next opportunity. All right. So that is my spiel for today. Um, And and maybe this is something you needed to hear. I don't know. But I know a lot. I have these conversations a lot with with students, with clients and again, with seasoned professionals. And and, you know, when we have these conversations, they're like, okay, you know, I'm 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 going to tell my story. So hopefully this this was inspirational. Uh, Thank you again for tuning in and allowing me to take part in your journey. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on LinkedIn, you know, just customize that request and just let me know that you listen to this episode or to any of my episodes. You can find me on Instagram or you can uh, find me at LizCareerCoaching.net. All right. Until next time, this is Liz, your career coach.